0: Hey, welcome to the upside of bipolar conversations on the road to wellness. I am so excited that you decided to join me today. We're a community learning how to live well with bipolar disorder, and we reject that the best we can expect is learning how to suffer well with it. I'm your host, Michelle Reitinger of my where I help people with bipolar disorder use the map to wellness to live healthy, balanced, productive lives. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome! I'm so excited. This is my first Instagram Live, and this is The Upside of Bicolor, Conversations on the Road to Wellness. I'm super excited about this, this new series that I'm starting. I'll be holding it every week on Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and I'm really excited about this. I've noticed a lot of negativity about Bicolor disorder on the internet, in the media, and I want to cultivate a created a community That provides guidance and direction about how to live well with bipolar disorder and hopefully help people to feel hope about it. I mean, for years, I felt like the best that I could hope for with bipolar disorder was learning how to suffer well with it. I was diagnosed back in 1998 with bipolar disorder. It was a month before I graduated from college. I'd been suffering for a while. I'd been suffering pretty severely with it for about two years at that point. A decade following that, I actively tried to treat my bipolar disorder with medications. I tried going to therapy, and it was frustrating because the medications were not working. I didn't tolerate medication very well. I had terrible side effects, and I suffered a lot for a really long time. The things that I was learning in therapy weren't really helping because I didn't have any control over what was happening in my mind. It was very sick. In 2002, I got married, and about a year later, I had my first baby, and I was really struggling. I started to feel like I was failing my children as a mother. I started to experience suicidal ideation. That, for me, looked like it started with nightmares. I used to have really bad nightmares about dying. I would wake up in the morning just feeling horrible. And then over time, that turned into daydreams. I would imagine my mind would create images of things that would happen, like a car getting in an accident or things like that. First, I was really horrified by that. And then over time, I started to find some relief in it because I was suffering. I exercised, I was trying to do the things that you're supposed to do to take care of yourself, but nothing was working. And I was just getting progressively worse. And then finally in 2008, a decade after I was initially diagnosed when I had a really bad breakdown and I ended up hospitalized. During that year, I was hospitalized three different times in two different states. My first hospitalization was the longest. They did electroconvulsive therapy on me. I had my first psychotic episode. It was horrible. I was really suffering. And the doctor insisted on putting me on a medication that I'd had a bad reaction to before. That precipitated my first attempt on my life, my second hospitalization. And that was not successful. And then the third hospitalization came after that. I was just feeling hopeless. My family was suffering. I was suffering. And there didn't seem to be any hope. I didn't know what to do. But I had a turning point that occurred when I was watching my daughter. Both of my children were playing one day and I was watching them. And I had a really clear thought come to my mind that if I ever succeeded in taking my life, that it would ruin my daughter's life. She was four years old at the time. And as soon as that thought came into my mind, I knew it was true. I knew that if I was successful in taking my life, that my daughter would blame herself and it would ruin her life. I remember being shocked by that because for years I had believed that my family would be better off without me. I was so convinced by the lies that my mind told me that I believed it. I believed my husband would be better if he could find a a different wife. I believed my children would be better off if they had a different mother. But I realized that those were lies and that it wasn't true. And so from that point forward, I decided that I was never going to let those thoughts stay. I was never going to allow those thoughts to stay in my mind unchallenged. I hadn't told anybody before about those thoughts because I was so humiliated and embarrassed by them. And I didn't want people to know that I had those thoughts going through my mind. But I started to realize that those kinds of thoughts, if you let them stay, it's like having somebody in your home that wants to kill you. And if you let that person stay, they're going to eventually hurt you and maybe succeed. And so I realized that when I had those thoughts come into my head that I needed to ask for help. So for me, that was the first turning point. I felt like I was really trying to take care of myself before, but at this point, I was determined to survive. During that time, I didn't think that there was any hope for anything more than just survival. I thought the best I was going to be able to get out of life was just learning how to suffer well with bipolar disorder. I didn't think there was anything better to hope for. And I didn't think that I had value in my own life, but I knew my children's lives had value and that their welfare had value. I believed that if I could just survive for my kids, that maybe they could have a good life. And so for that next two years, I just kept trying. I kept going to the doctor's appointments, I kept taking the medications, nothing was getting any better. And then in 2010 was when my doctor and I finally found the first step for me on my road to wellness. It was the first thing that would help to start giving my brain what it needed to be balanced. Then over the following decade, I started to kind of piece together all the different pieces that were necessary to live well with bipolar disorder and learning how to use all those different tools together effectively. And over the past couple of years, I've gotten to a point where I haven't had a manic episode. The last really bad manic episode was in 2008. I had a few smaller manic episodes after that, but I haven't had a true manic episode in over a decade. And the ones that I've had after that, the hypomania, has gotten less and less. And I haven't had an actual hypomanic episode since 2018 when we moved. The only thing that actually triggers hypomania in me anymore are moves. And I've actually been kind of curious to see if I could move again and not trigger a hypomanic episode. But I don't really want to move. So I'm not going to test that theory anytime soon. But a couple of years ago, when I decided to start my blog, My Upside of Down, and the reason that I decided to start it was because I got kind of frustrated all of a sudden thinking, why didn't somebody show me this plan in the first place? Like none of the things that I do are unique. None of them are special. And why didn't somebody just give me this plan at the beginning? Why did my doctor say you have bipolar disorder? And these are the steps that you're going to take in order to live well with it. And so I decided to start my blog to share what I've learned to shorten the learning curve for other people. I kind of call it the map to wellness that I developed, I feel like I kind of had to figure out the way to get to wellness. And then I created a map to show to other people because I don't think that it should take 22 years to learn how to live well with bipolar. And you shouldn't feel like the best you can expect out of life is suffering well with it. I live a healthy, balanced, productive life with my bipolar disorder. And so can you. There's no reason for people to keep suffering with this disorder. There is a way to live well with it. So that's why I started my blog a couple of years ago, and that's why I decided to start these lives. I want to share what I've learned and also have other people share. I started to meet a lot of wonderful people on Instagram and through podcasts that I've done that are learning how to live well with their bipolar disorder. I've talked to doctors that are having more effective experiences treating their patients. I have talked to therapists that have found some really great tools that they have been really successful in helping their patients. I feel a tremendous amount of hope. And over the past four years, our family has gone through a lot of change and we have had some tragedy. But this year at the beginning of the year is the first time that I have felt overwhelming hope for the future. And I'm so excited for what's coming next. I'm excited to share what I've learned. I'm excited to expand this community of hope and wellness with people. Our next three weeks, I've got, I'm really excited for the guests that we have coming on the next three weeks. I, I'm glad that it gives you hope. There should be hope. I think that's one of the things that is really discouraging sometimes in the way that I see bipolar disorder discussed online. It feels like we're focused on normalizing the symptoms of bipolar disorder, and we shouldn't be doing that. Yes, there are pretty severe symptoms, and we need to talk about them because it's important to understand what they are. But I was talking to somebody one day, and I I was describing why it's not good to normalize the symptoms of bipolar disorder. So one of the analogies that a doctor gave to me years ago that helped me kind of understand my disorder better is talking about in terms of something like that's more relatable, like diabetes, type 1 diabetes. The reason why that was helpful for me is that with bipolar disorder, it's a disorder that's in your mind. It manifests with symptoms that are mental symptoms, emotional symptoms, and so it's not as tangible. And you can't really test your blood to see what things are out of balance, but you can learn how to test your symptoms. You can learn how to identify what are the symptoms of your depression, what are the symptoms of your mania, what are the triggers for those things, and that helps you monitor your mood more effectively. But we don't want to normalize those symptoms. We don't want to think that those are okay to have. If somebody who had diabetes was to pass out because their blood sugar was way off, we don't normalize that. We don't say, this is a normal symptom of diabetes. Everybody should just accept it. We recognize that for what it is. It is a symptom of your body that's in distress. And we don't want to normalize it. So identifying the symptoms of your bipolar disorder uh, for me, mania is, is identified with sleeplessness. I don't sleep at night when I'm manic, and I have racing thoughts. I can't slow my mind down. When I'm depressed, I have a really hard time thinking clearly. I sleep a lot, like I'm exhausted all the time, and I feel very numb. So identifying what the symptoms are help me to recognize if I'm entering that state or in that state. So that I can then effectively manage it. That's another thing that I wanted to mention is that the first thing that really started to help me to start to live well with my bipolar disorder was learning how to manage the mood cycles effectively. I developed a plan for myself over time. It was something that just kind of gradually developed. But I created a guide to create one for yourself. I call it a mental health emergency response plan. I'm actually in the process of changing the name for it to better describe what it is. But it's a guide that will help you learn how to effectively manage your mood cycles or your mood swings so that it lessens the impact on you and your family and shortens the duration of the cycle. And by doing that, you start to take control over the disorder rather than letting it have control over you. For me, the reason that I started doing this was every time I started to feel manic. And my mood cycles, the pattern they followed were I would get hypomanic and then I would crash. And that's why I call it mood cycles. I know most people refer to them as mood swings, but I call them mood cycles because that's what it did with me is it followed a cycle. It was very predictable once I recognized it. And once I started recognizing what was going on, I would feel like when it was happening before that I was getting yanked onto a roller coaster and I didn't have any control over what was happening. And it makes you feel really helpless. It makes you feel like a victim. I had times when I was going through that that I felt very angry and very frustrated. And sometimes I would even feel kind of belligerent about it. I would think, well, if I have to suffer like this, so does everybody else. But the thing that I started to see was how much other people were suffering, how much my husband was suffering, how much my marriage was suffering, how much my children were suffering. And I didn't want that for them anymore. I didn't want that for me, but I also didn't want it for them. So I developed this plan that helped me start to take more responsibility for identifying that would help me when I was struggling with a mood cycle, because you need help. And what were the boundaries that they were willing to work within? I called it my early warning system. It was identifying what the triggers were for my mood cycles and trying to learn how to manage them or alleviate them. Also, what were the symptoms were? That was really important was identifying because I I think one of the things that's hard when you're experiencing a mood cycle is identifying if you're manic or depressed. It's in your mind. This is actually in your mind. You know, when they say it's all in your head, it really is all in your head. And so how do you know if your mind is irrational? Because a lot of times for me, when I was hypomanic, I thought I was the most rational person in the room. I thought I was receiving tons of inspiration. Everything I was thinking was the best thing ever. And I would get myself and sometimes our family into a lot of trouble during those periods. And so starting to recognize the symptoms that indicated mania was really critical because then I started recognizing I cannot trust my mind right now. So identifying that early warning system, that those indicators, so that you can then put boundaries around yourself to protect yourself and your family from making really bad choices. Then the third piece to it is learning how to manage your emotional and mental resources so things that matter most are getting done. You know, that's really important for me. When I was manic, it was really important because a lot of times I would start really big projects and I would forget to eat and I would forget to feed my kids. And that's not okay. (laughs) I was a mom, they needed to be fed and I couldn't get involved in this project and get so heavily involved in it that my kids were like sorting through the cupboards trying to find something to feed themselves because I hadn't fed them. So when I was depressed, you know, when you keep trying to do everything that you normally have to do when you're depressed, sometimes it can feel like trying to climb a hill in a mudslide. And so what I did in this plan is I would identify what are the things that matter most and make sure that those things get done and then identify what can I let go while I'm trying to learn how to navigate this mood cycles and heal from it. And then the last thing was learning how to reboot my system. I call it rebooting your system, but get back to a healthy mental space. It's an emotional space. I also refer that to that as maintenance mode, you know, getting back to health and mental balance. So if that's something that you haven't tried yet, I would encourage you. I've got, it's free. There's a free guide on my website. You can check out the link in my bio, but you can create one of those for yourself and start learning how to effectively manage your mood cycles and manage your mood cycles more successfully so that you lessen the impact on you and your family and you shorten the duration of the moon cycle we've got a great guest coming on next week i'm still waiting for to confer so i don't want to announce it yet but the next three weeks i'm super excited and i've got some awesome guests lined up for february so this is going to be awesome so join me if you have any questions or anything that you'd like us to talk about make sure that you send me a message or leave a comment and i'll talk to you guys soon have a great day and live well Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you're ready to start on your path to wellness with bipolar, go to myupsidedown.com and get your free mood cycle survival guide, four steps to successfully navigate bipolar mood swings. If you're ready for more, check out the map to wellness. Until next time, Upsiders.